Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. We are back and today I chat with Dave LeBlanc. David comes from Norton, Massachusetts and is now living and attending school in Maine. In this episode, we unpack a bit more about David's childhood and how he was a small town kid and then ultimately made the jump to go to Guatemala and see everything really come to life in front of his eyes and his faith come to action. We talk about joy, we talk about sorrow, we talk about everything in between, challenges he's had and how he's been able to overcome. Looking forward for you all to listen and ask questions as we go along as well. Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with my friend David. David comes from Norton, Massachusetts. Um, He grew up homeschooled um, and then attended Wheaton College, um, which was actually just down the street from him. Um, Spent some time overseas in Guatemala, starting as a service trip, um, and and then continued his love for the Hispanic culture with a degree in Hispanic studies at Wheaton College. He then became a Spanish teacher at a local Christian school, served as a therapeutic mentor, and is now obtaining a master's in social work and lives up in Portland, Maine. David, thanks so much for joining. Thanks so much for having me, Tyler. Absolutely. So how I get us kicked off is by opening up in prayer so I can get us going. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing David and I together today. I'm incredibly grateful and happy to just have another conversation with him and hear what's been going on in his life, um, learn about his experiences and, and how that's shaped um, where he is today, and just excited to continue to, to grow and develop knowing that this is all with you and that Jesus is, you know, is, is with us and will continue to, to be with us with the Holy Spirit as well. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So uh, you, I guess to get things started, um, you know, I, looking at your background, I, I think a lot of people probably, you know, say, well, you know, D- David was homeschooled, went to went to Wheaton College down the street, and then decided, wow, you know what, let's go to Guatemala. Um, so, you know, I, I, it sounds like it was, it was kind of a sudden urge to, to go serve in Guatemala which it sounds like ended up shaping your career focus. Can you tell me a bit more about how this all happened? Absolutely. Um, I had wanted to take Spanish because my older brother took Spanish, and so I needed to take a foreign language, so I started taking classes um, at Wheat College in Norton, Mass. And I just loved it. I just loved being able to learn a new language, but it really clicked when I went to Guatemala. Uh, first year just for one week, uh, service trip we were helping out in orphanage about an hour outside of the capital city of Guatemala City and that's when I realized like like wow all of this language that I've been learning from books in a classroom is so much more beautiful outside of the classroom like when people are speaking in daily conversations you hear music um, you're introduced to a whole different culture you know different food different 
ways of living and it just really opened my eyes and I, I really fell in love with it. And the orphanage I went to, it's called Casa Bernabe, which means house of comfort. And they take care of a bunch of kids. I'm taking them in from the streets with just broken backgrounds. And I just loved being able to play soccer with the kids and get schooled. Like kids who would come up to you, like your knees, and like they'd still be better than you. And they just, a lot of them grew up playing soccer their entire lives. Like, yeah. you know. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It, start, it starts from, you know, from day one in, in Guatemala and, you know, many countries. So, yeah, that's awesome. I remember this one specific time when I was helping out in the toddler house and a young boy in a crib, he was just a toddler, he started to cry and I went in and um, just picked him up and kind of spoke to him in Spanish and I tried singing in Spanish and, uh, you know, just praying for him and it was, and he was able to kind of like stop crying and I'm like, man, like this is awesome. Just being able to do something so simple and being able to speak in a different language is is just something so powerful and it's the same god it's just a different language and i remember when i had to put him back in in the crib like he started crying again but i had to leave and the staff there would you know kind of take care of him from there but i remember it just kind of broke my heart like i didn't want to leave him and i realized that you know i was just there for a certain period of time i'm using good hands but it really kind of kick-started the desire in me to want to use my Spanish to help others, whatever that looked like. Awesome. That's really cool. Um, what, what, when I think of do it, when I think of um, the experience you had, it, it, it sounds, you know, I, I think what you're able to do is combine Spanish in action also with, you know, faith in action too. And just like you learn learn spanish in the classroom we, you also attend um you know bible study or um youth group you know whatever it may be within within your own church but then having the opportunity to, to do both and really kind of getting fully immersed into 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 an experience and being able to as you mentioned seeing things kind of before your eyes before your eyes and how much how much more you know intense that actually is which was which is really cool to see, and um, I, I remember we we did a service trip as well um, back back in the day in, uh, to New Orleans, um, and had the opportunity to to use that faith in action and and serve um, and and help build houses, um, you know, for the entire day. So I you know it sounds like this is something that you know is has been super important for you. Um, do you think that you know it's it's always it, that's always kind of been pretty easy for you to, for you to do is just get out there and start doing um i feel like you know I, I feel like from you know for me and for some people i've talked to it's been it's been it's like it's hard getting out there and like always feeling you like or not feeling like but just actually doing something i absolutely agree i think it's for me it's been up and down you know there's certain times when it seems like easy you know in quotes yeah. like oh we're going on a search trip or a mission trip to go and help people in another country. You know, first year was just one week, my second year was two weeks. And that just seems, you know, just to make sense, we're going and we're helping build a medical clinic or hanging out with kids or donating, you know, uh, money or goods that we've raised with funds. Um, and then it can be harder sometimes to want to serve here at home and in, in communities around us. And I think you know sometimes it comes down to energy, it comes down to laziness, it comes down to do I feel like it, do I want to, 
and mm-hmm. it and I've realized that there are sometimes when like we have to, we should go out of our comfort zone um, and you know we should work with you know homeless individuals um, whether it's just one time or on a continual basis or if it's just you know helping a neighbor down the street or mm-hmm. you know it's whatever it looks like but I think also I'm, I've been realizing more and more it's like God has given us our own talents, our own passions, our own desires, like deep-rooted desires that he's placed there to use to serve him. Um, and not just to etch out a career and to make money and mm-hmm. get a and a partner and kids and then retire, you know, uh, live, quote-unquote, the American dream. Like, there's nothing wrong with that per se, but if that's our end-life goal, then it might, it might feel empty or it might just be like, this is it. Or maybe this isn't the full potential that God created me to uh, fulfill. So I think it can be hard to serve, absolutely. I think we can serve no matter where we are. We don't have to go overseas. We don't necessarily um, have to do certain things that other people would deem, oh, this is what service looks like. Mm-hmm. Again, any person has the ability to help others. Yeah. So, so you know where you are right now, and you know getting your master's in social work. It, you, do you do you see yourself transitioning then from that in the field, you know, being in in Guatemala or in these Spanish speaking countries, to 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 working domestically, but still having the opportunity to to show God's love and you know be part of be part of that ministry. Or do you do you feel that you know you're maybe you're you know just you know doing this now and then you could see yourself getting back out into the field that's a really good question i remember as a very young kid i think i wasn't any more uh i wasn't older than 10 years old and i remember thinking about what i want to be someday when i grow up and one of the first things that popped into my mind was to be a missionary mm-hmm. and i immediately just said like no no i couldn't be a missionary because nobody in my family is a missionary and I remember even as a, as a young kid, I felt the need to kind of reject that because it was scary, because it was different, it was because something I hadn't really seen, you know, like you see people in your family have certain professions, missionary, although I grew up in a Christian household to Christian parents and faith was very big in a household, you know, missionary wasn't exactly like, especially to a young kid, well, this is the profession that I want to pursue. But I think more and more God has shown me that whether it's being a missionary or a spiritual mentor, a friend of mine has said he could see me being a pastor, which like freaked me out, but I'm like, God, if this is your will, like I need to be open to it. So I do know I want to be able to combine a lot of a lot of passions, you know, such as speaking Spanish, working with the Latino community, um, working towards social justice, um, working on you know, helping people realize the full potential, which is kind of a part of what social work is. And, you know, mentoring mentoring people, whether that's, you know, mentoring kids, helping them work through stuff, working on uh, life skills or anger management or coping skills. Mm-hmm. And being able to, and I feel like in the background and all of it, like there's, there's always a, a spiritual component, whether or not people believe something or, or, or not, there's always that piece of us that is spiritual. Um, and I don't know what that will look like, but I'm kind of, I'm, I need to, you know, I think sometimes when we don't decide to do something, like, I don't know which direction to go, I don't know if I should go to this college or pursue this profession, 
or go for this major. Then we're just left with this non-decision and then we end up not choosing anything. It would be better to choose something and realize, hey, this isn't for me than not choosing anything. And I'm realizing I have to take a step and trust God and God doesn't waste anything. Let's mm-hmm. say like, oh, social work is not prepared for me. I've learned all of these great things and I've gained these skills and I've had these experiences that will help me wherever I go. And I, I think that's, you know, something I've had to learn. Mm-hmm. Both positively and negatively, you know, good ways and hard ways that God doesn't waste anything. And so whether that's abroad or here in the States, um, yeah, serving can take lots of different forms. Yeah. And, you know, and as you say that, I, I feel there's, the, you know, this, this term, like, you know, God's calling or like his calling for you. And I think that gets used so frequently, especially around those, those kind of those full-time like a missionary um, or if you want to, you know, become a pastor um, or, you know, deeply involved in the church. And, but, you know, it sounds like, you know, it's like, it's not always just waiting, 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 but you making that decision. And, you know, do you, do you have an insight kind of on, on, you know, how that, how that looks in your life and kind of what, what you think about when that, when that comes to mind? So as in terms of what is, yeah, so, yeah, I I mean, I think a lot of times people, you know, like, oh, you know, I I, I have to wait until kind of God, God calls me, right? And then, you know, I think there's this, there's this challenge of, and this is something that I've been toggling with is, you know, holding on is considered an action, but, you know, inaction is also an action. Um, and then, and then obviously like doing something is, is the, the most pure, you know, the, the, the most like go getter action. So is, you know, so is a calling always something that's supposed to be receptive and, and we wait for it to come to us? Or do you think a lot of times we're presented with opportunities that we have to go out and try? That's a great question. I definitely think no matter where we are, no matter who we are with whatever background or history, um, God is always calling us into something. Now, how that looks and how that manifests for different people will be different in, in so many various ways. I think a lot of times, and I include myself in this, a lot of us Christians think, we need to hear an actual audible voice or we need to have this like miracle boom like or we need to actually have like Jesus come and knock on a door like yeah. you're gonna be yeah. this with your life this is who you're gonna marry this is where you're gonna live this is and that's how I've lived my life for so long like no God's gonna tell me God's gonna me. God's gonna show me yes to all of that but God also invites us to trust him to step out um, you know I think of Peter in the boat it's kind of cliche but Jesus said you know Peter's like, you know, Lord, is that you? Mm-hmm. Well, if it's you, tell me to come to you. And Jesus is like, yeah, come come walk to me on the water. And Peter got out of the boat and started walking to him. You know, Jesus didn't, like, show him, like, this is what's going to happen or not going to happen. Or he didn't even say, like, oh, it's me. Like, you have nothing to worry about. Um, this is like, come follow, come follow me into this adventure. And mm-hmm. for a long time, I was like, God, you know, what am I supposed to study in college? Like, show me. Like, tell me. Um, or God, who am I supposed to date? Or who am I supposed to marry someday? Like, show me. Like, bring this person along. Like, ha- almost like have a knock on my door. But Jesus said, you know, seek and you will find. Ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will be open to you. And you even think about it. 
you know, how will someone know you're at the door unless you knock or you ring the bell? They're not going to know. You can't just expect to stand outside of the door and expect someone to open it for you. That And that is true, you know, sometimes for finding jobs. I've had to, like, walk around, like, different businesses, handing my resume, asking, like, hey, you guys, are you guys hiring? Um, I did yes. that after college, you know, it was humbling. Um, I had to really think and pray and talk to people about, should I go to grad school or should I study? Um, same thing with my relationship with my fiance, you know, you know, praying and talking with people. And she once told me, her name's Yamada, and she, she's from the Dominican Republic, and she told me, she's like, Dave, you just, you've been thinking that your future wife is going to someday knock on your door and say, here I am, get married now. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that um, necessarily, not for everyone at least. So I think yeah. calls and he also invites us to trust him and to choose. He gives us free will. So we have to be okay with making mistakes. And I think sometimes our fear, and, and I include myself in this, my fear of doing the wrong thing or failure has crippled me in the past and has held me back. It's like, what if I make the wrong choice? What if I mess it up? Mm-hmm. And guys, just like, well, Peter sank in the water, but you just caught him. And he's like, no, it's, it's all good, more or less. Mm-hmm. And we have to be okay with trusting God, asking God, show me your will, show me, like, lead me, open doors and close doors, and then step out and make a choice. I think it goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, I, I like that response. And, uh, it makes a lot more sense to me. I, I, I like the way that you said that. And I think, you know, from what I've gathered, it, it's, in your opinion, it's more of a, you know, it's, 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 it's also, it's also, you know, knocking on the door um, and like, you know, making yourself, making yourself open um, so that, you know, he can, he can do something in your life or show you something. But you just, you know, you staying there isn't as you like, you know, you standing out, out front of the door and not knocking is, you know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna get you anywhere. I, I don't know that 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 resonated with me. I like that. Um, so something else I want to talk about is so you, you've seen a lot of different angles of Christianity, um, denominations, and just different viewpoints overall. Being at home, school, service trips, you know, Guatemala, and now as we get older, we start to figure things out a bit more on our own. Um, and I do think we're uh, some of our experiences, but we also have the opportunity to, you know, to, to make these experiences ours. Um, what have you taken from these different encounters? And, you know, what do you think is most important for us to, to, to understand when we are working with ourselves and different people? I think a big thing for me is that, um, you know, God is love calls us to love everybody and something that I've been learning is that God transcends religion denomination and even Christianity when I see when I mean transcends like he's bigger than all that he's bigger than Christianity he's bigger than religion he's bigger than churches he's bigger than denominations and he's bigger than boxes we put ourselves and others into depending on belief or behavior so something that my mom has always told me, she said that, uh, you know, one day when we get to heaven, we may be surprised by the people who are there and by the people who aren't there. And, you know, I often do this too. I, I, I can be very judgmental. I can, you know, I try to make like judgment calls on people. And like, oh, they're, 
living this way, or maybe they're a believer, maybe they're not, or mm-hmm. only I, well, they're not as, you know, they're not as Christian as I am, or yeah. they're not living the way, you know, the, you know, the life a Christian should be living in, and that's all BS, like, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And for me, you know, something I've learned that people who may not have a relationship with God doesn't mean that they're not seeking God, or maybe they... Maybe they don't fit what we would deem, you know, a Christian, but they actually know God and they have a wonderful relationship with God. Like, who are we to tell? Who are we to say? Um, and this is as much for me as anybody, because I definitely, you know, I've definitely been quick to judge and point the finger. But something I've just learned that, you know, God loves people, and people can love God in so many different ways, and, and lives life, lives life for Him. Um, and it, it might be bigger and, and, and different than what we're expected to see. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Um, that's, you know, I, and I, I, I'm actually reading this book right now. It's called You Lost Me, Why Young Christians Are Leaving the Church. Um, and I don't, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's been it's been something that's been so interesting to, to look at um, and, to, and to understand um, the, you know, this book it's you know it's by this kind of like this organization that does a lot of research on people ages 18 to 29 and although i'm not all the way through the book um they they categorize people into several different categories um and there there's and it's 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 kind of crazy how they can break it up but you know a lot of these people you know god calls us you know he says that i'd rather you be one way or the other than rather than be lukewarm um, and that's something that's been so, you know, I think that, that hits home for me and that, that's like, that's hard, right? Because you want to be, you want to make sure that you're, you know, um, a devout in your faith and that you're, you know, doing the right thing. Um, but, you know, I, I think sometimes we, we feel like we're falling into, into that lukewarm stage, even if we are, you know, kind of like going, going like through the motions, like, and being in the church. And that's why I think you you know what you said about god transcending christianity uh was, is really so profound and i don't think a lot of people think about that um god god transcending christianity and i believe it's true i believe it's true because there are so many different you know and this is a challenge a lot of people have is that they view you know one experience a lot of it, a lot of it is tied to their previous church or something that they've been in or you know domination um but you know, for me, it's it's that personal relationship with God. You know, is what do you think is you know the the forefront of you know of your personal or sorry you know of your beliefs? Do you think that 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 personal relationship and really you know living out God's love and love for others is the forefront of your of your life? It should be. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Up here in my brain, but in my heart and in my life it's not always it's not always evident so okay i agree with you you know definitely you know god is god is real god is a person he's not human but mm-hmm. he is a person he's a being and he talks and he listens and engages with us and and we talk with him and we listen and I think a lot of times I'm very content with loving things of God 
or you know I'll read the Bible for God or I'll pray because I have to or I'll go to church because it's you know it's it's good for me. Mm-hmm. But it's oftentimes in doing things for God or around God or pertaining to God or religion when really it's like dang I haven't really sat down and talked with God or I haven't mm-hmm. sat down and actually shut my mouth and just listened because it's very easy for me to talk mm-hmm. so I think that I think that's a struggle for anybody mm-hmm. God just wants us to, to be present with him and we don't have to do all these like checklists on our, our Christian checkboxes mm-hmm. you know after I did this today or that today I didn't do this or didn't do that today and it's like I, you know that personal relationship is something that is it's, it's a constant process just like it would be with a family member or a friend or a significant other you love someone you spend time with them and for me you know I can say I love God but you know my daily relationship is you know it can be great and it can be not so great as relationships go mm-hmm. you know, I'm thankful that God <laughs> he doesn't treat me the way that I treat him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's not like it's a complicated status. Oh, they're not talking with me as so <laughs> Yeah. Like they talked all this like crap about me, so I'm gonna like mess with them. And yeah, God does not. God's not about that. And I think I've already realized like I can just talk to him, yeah. just not, and just listen, and. And be gentle on myself and not think I have to be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, you know, I I think when 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 people when people look at you and, you know, at least by my my experience, you know, meeting you several years back and then going on service trip um, is I, I think a lot of people around around me and definitely myself included notice that you had a lot of joy and you had a lot of light in you that that really reflected off on others and i think that's just a great way to live um so you know when you when you think of you know your faith and living and living that life in christ i I, as you mentioned just talking to god something that is you know just is great to do um what what do you aspire to do every day kind of you know what have you learned from your early days and then kind of how has that changed to where you are now there's a lot in there but we can hopefully unpack a little bit of it absolutely um i definitely i try to be positive mm-hmm. and i think before you know it used to be i have to be perfect i have to be perfect in my relationship with god and relationship with people and in my school and in my extracurricular activities and when I'm talking with Christians and I'm not talking with Christians I'm talking with people who may not share my same beliefs and definitely put on a lot of pressure on myself um, in order to look good you know caring too much about what other people thought about me or, you know suffering from low self-esteem or a lack of self-confidence and, and realizing that God loves me the way I am he's proud of me he, he loves who I am and how I am mm-hmm. and he's like you know don't be so hard on yourself you know you're awesome mm-hmm. you're awesome the way you are so I think that's you know for me it's also realizing that 
Mm-hmm. My relationship with God has to reflect what He says about me, says about me in His Word, and just how He He loves me, and that that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I think certain times I wake up in the morning and it's like God, I gave you my day, like here I am, like, you know, and, and let's just go and whatever, you know, it looks different, obviously, it's not, mm-hmm. it's not quite as clean as it should be, but I do try to be positive. Um, I've been trying lately to try to be more positive with myself and my situations, um, mm-hmm. even just our speaking out truth, like, like I'm loved, I am strong, you know, I'm capable. I'm smart. Um, I'm a good student. Mm-hmm. I'm a good worker. You know, I I can do this. And and that power of just speaking positivity of yourself and speaking truth about yourself is is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, God has definitely shown me. He gives me second opportunities. He he heals. He forgives. He he calls me. He equips me. Mm-hmm. And he's really inviting me to trust him with my present and my future. And I recently listened to an audiobook by Joel Olstein. It's called I Declare 31 Declarations to Speak Over Your Life. Mm-hmm. And I think it was in chapter three. It was just talking about how God has never abandoned me. He's He's never failed me. And he never will abandon me. He never will fail me. Um, and I just need to trust him and his plans for me and, and be willing to return to a, a sense of peace with him. So, so it's it's like these these assertive state like statements that are truths that you're, um, you, or, you know, th- you said thirty one uh, declarations. Is that kind of you know how how it looks? And it's just these really assertive statements, as you said, I'm smart, I'm confident, I'm loved. That put you that kind of turn the switch on and, and put you back in that positive and and optimistic and kind of confident state. Is there tough times? You know, I, I think for a lot of us, it's 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 great to have that, and for me, that's awesome. When you, you know, the classic kind of, you know, how do you how do you get back up when you get pushed down? That's a great question, Tyler. This past year of graduate school was really good and really really hard for me. Um, it's first time living um, extensively away from home. Um, and though, oh, thankfully, you know, my fiance lived in the next town over, it was just hard to be away from family. It was mm-hmm. hard to kind of step into that next level of schooling and not thinking I could cut it at the grad school level, not thinking I was smart enough, not thinking I was capable enough. And going through some really hard times with that lack of self-esteem, mm-hmm. fear of failure, low self-confidence, and then not sleeping enough, not eating enough, uh, you know, not mm-hmm. eating well enough, um, not getting enough exercise, uh, just putting tons of pressure on myself to a point where I really got to a point where I thought I was going to snap. And I think it was a, a form of depression. I was just really down. I was really sad. I was really down on myself. And, and getting to a point where I felt really desperate, mm-hmm. all, of, all of those combination of factors. Yep. I was feeling absolutely desperate, and um, thankfully my fiance really, Mata really helped me to just like, hey Dave, you you need to get help, and I will be here to support you, but I can't be your counselor. You know that's not healthy. You know, I'm at that time she was my girlfriend. Like I can be your girlfriend, I can be here for you and love you, but I can't be your counselor. So 
she very wisely instructed me you know, to ask for extensions on, on, on schoolwork and, and to go to the counseling center and <laughs> just work through some really deep-seated issues that I didn't even know were there. And she realized it's okay not to be okay. And God has really helped me through a lot of dark stuff. And he's used Mada, he's used Christian friends, he's used people outside of church, he's used my counselor, mm-hmm. um, and, and just realizing that God God works everything together for good. Well, awesome. I, I appreciate that vulnerability. I know it's that was probably, probably a really tough time for you. Um, I, I thank you for that. You know, I I think a lot of times people people probably see you and as you know, wow, David's always always cheerful, always really happy, and always um, you know doing everything right and you know enjoying. But um, I, I'm sure, obviously, you know that it was not an enjoyable experience at the time. But as you mentioned, you learned a lot from people around you, and they taught you some things that you didn't really think of yourself. And I, I think I don't know. For me, that speaks on community, speaks on you know having different resources around you, and having people be you know be supportive and kind of pick you up. Um, and and then also, um, I think as you mentioned, it sounds like when you were younger, a lot of things were structured. And, you know, there is this way of, well, I have to pray and now I have to go to, you know, it was this kind of routine, but that a lot of times when you're, you know, don't, if I'm wrong, let me know. But like, if you're, if you're stuck in these situations, sometimes it's, it's not always going back to X, X and X, but sometimes you have to change it up and do something different to, to resolve the problem and look outside of what you were currently doing. Because I think I had always myself personally like, well, I need God, I need people, I need the Bible, I need prayer, I need church, and mm-hmm. all these things. And yes, yes, and yes. And counseling helps me a lot. Yeah. So I think a lot of times I had to. Con- I think a lot of times us Christians have to confront different stigma, different mm-hmm. misconceptions, or, or misbeliefs about receiving help potentially from outside the church or even from non-Christian people. But I think I've really confronted that stigma of mental illness is a real thing, depression is a real thing, and yes, we need prayer and we need church and we need Christians, we need the Bible, and it's not a bad thing to be willing to go to counseling as well. Will that be a Christian counselor or, or not? Mm-hmm. Because you know, when we're, when we're sick, we go to a doctor. When we break a bone, you know, we go see somebody who can help us. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when it's the brain yep. or it's our emotional, mental state and we're not okay? Something that may not be seen physically, but it's definitely going on internally. And it's definitely okay to pursue resources that will help our mental health state. Mm-hmm. So one one thing is yeah you know and I, I I agree with you is seeking out people who who aren't always who aren't Christians too right if you have a challenge if, in that I like that example of the doctor you know if you're if you're hurt you don't say I I need to see a Christian doctor you know you're just you're just probably gonna see a doctor for the most part but yeah <laughs> but I I think 
I think a lot of times, not a lot of times, but there's there's communities out there that um, are, you know, God is love is kind of that, that, that foundational element that kind of ties everything together and allows us for, you know, he, and he loves everyone, you know, as, 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 you, as you've mentioned. Um, but I think a lot of times it gets, you know, people get, people get kind of in a, there's a gray area or there's a, there's this awkward area of, well, does God love people who don't practice Christianity or who are, you know, who are Muslim, who are, um, Buddhist, who are, and then on, on the other, you know, area who are, um, LGBTQ or, or, you know, or just like all these different other, other isolated or marginalized communities or people, you know, I, what, what, what would your view be on that? Absolutely. My views have definitely changed a lot throughout the years. And I think I've become more open to seeing that God loves everybody and he loves them without conditions. Mm-hmm. You have to be X, Y, and Z for me to love. No, God just loves. And so we should be willing to love ourselves and others without X, Y, and Z. So I think for me what that actually looks like is, like you had said it, I think a lot of times us Christians will say we will love people as long as they make us feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. We will love them as long as they kind of believe what we believe. And that's not what it's about. I think we're seeing a lot of rhetoric that is anti-Muslim, that is anti-LGBTQ, and regardless of what people believe, that does not change the fact that God loves them and that we are supposed to love people no matter what. Mm -hmm. So I think for me personally, it's really tiring for me to hear Christians who say like, oh, I love God, I love people, but... You know, people who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender are, are questioning, you know, well, you know, just based on my beliefs, you know, how, how can we love them? Or like, I can love them, but not love what they do. Or it's like, but dude, it's like, we have to be willing to love people without conditions, whether, mm-hmm. whether it's comfortable or not, or whether we agree with it or not. And I'm fully of the opinion that someone can be lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or questioning and love Jesus and have a relationship with Jesus. Who am I to say, a fellow human, that I that they can't or that God loves them any less or any more than me or mm-hmm. or someone who practices a different religion? It's it's, I, yeah. it's it's a big question I and I think we have to be okay with being uncomfortable but as long as not, we're not pulling back from loving people, but we're kind of leaning in, like, all right, let me actually see them as people, whether they belong to the LGBTQ communities or the, the Muslim or fill in the blank. Let me see them as a person, and let me actually get to know them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's where that God transcending Christianity comes in, at least for me. There's, and as you mentioned, there's, there's this rhetoric and there's also, you know, even just like this this feeling, right? Of it's like even if you don't, if you're not saying something direct, um, there's this intention that they that and you know I and I think even myself being you know when I was younger, looking into you know different di- different looking into into Christianity and, and you know speaking with different Christians, 
I I felt like there was this this certain you know I, I felt like I wasn't loved unless I you know or I felt like I really wasn't part of that community until I until I like accepted you know Jesus or accepted everything that he did um, and I think that was so challenging for me um, and I don't know I, I think this is something I still toggle with is you know we talk about these different pillars of of Christianity and I you know candidly I was having this this conversation with with a buddy with, with actually with Fabes and he says well there's there's you know there's, there's these pillars of Christianity that you have that you you know that you believe in and I thought about that, and I'm like, I, I don't know. I think, I, I think, I think yes, but I think there is, you know. And this, this, this for me is, you know, even wants me to do more research and more, and more digging. But um, there is so much in the Bible, and I, I don't know. Have you have you identified yourself kind of different pillars that that you know allow people to consider them, themselves Christians? This is, you know, a bit of a different type of question, but um, has been on my mind. That's an awesome question. I think I keep saying that a lot. Like, every question you ask is an awesome question, so I keep just saying that's an awesome question. <laughs> um, I'm, glad, I'm, I'm glad I'm asking pretty good questions, then. They are. These are, these are really good. Uh, for me, I, I always just thought, you know, it comes down to, do you believe that Jesus is real, that yeah. he died sins, yeah, excuse me, died on the cross for our sins? That he rose again, defeated death and, and sin, invites us into a new life. God yeah. the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Bible is God's truth. Yet we also need to not just work, read every single word literally, and also like think about cultural context, think about history, think about what is the author saying to us, and how is God using this person? And so, in terms of pillars, you know, for me, I was just told people, whether you're Catholic or Baptist or Christian or not, it's like whether you define, define yourself or identify, you know, I, I believe it's, do you have a relationship with God? Like with, with Jesus, knowing what he's done for us and, and what he he's he invites us into and the Bible and God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, God the Son. Like, yeah. And, then, and I, I know that's a lot bigger than that, but I think it's really, it really, I think loving Jesus and being in a relationship with him is a lot simpler than we Christians often make it out to be. Yeah. I agree. And I think we, you know, I think it's good sometimes, but I also think it can be, it can be detrimental when we start to dissect things way too much and start to overthink and start to think about every single, every single decision, even like these small decisions that we make in our lives. Um, I don't know. That's just me personally. Um, but I, I, I do agree with that. It's a lot simpler than a lot of times that we, we make it out to be. Um, other other question I want to ask you um, when you th- you know my experience there's this there's this notion or this this you know phrase that kept coming up over and over again is you know when were you saved or like when you know are you saved and it it kind of it creates this ultimatum um, and it's been something that I've actually gotten really frustrated with and I feel like personally you know and I I I'm very open to hearing people's different opinions, but it was always challenging for me to say, "Well, I've, I'm, I believe in Jesus, and I'm continuing to develop my relationship. Am I saved? I, I think I'm continuously saved. I, I don't think it's a one-time thing. But I, I, I'd love to hear your opinion. I think I almost said it. I think that's a great question. Oh, that's an awesome question. <laughs> for me personally, 
you know, it says in the Bible that Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, uh, to bring us to God, more or less. And that's paraphrased. I don't know the exact citation. I'd have to look it up. But I do believe that Jesus died one time for us yep. for every wrongdoing or sin that we ever could commit or would commit or ever will because he loves us. And so I, I feel that when we say yes to Jesus, it says if we you know confess that he is Lord and we believe you know that we are saved, you know, we confess with the mouth that he is the Lord and, and confess that he has saved us, more or less, again, paraphrasing another Bible verse, is that God, and God invites us into a, his family. He said, you are my son, you are my daughter, and you are more pleased, I love you. And I think that God sees the sacrifice that Jesus made for us, he took that bullet for us, and it's like, yeah, welcome. Because of what Jesus did, not because of what we've done, but what you have done. And mm. You are now one of my own. So I, I think that God makes that decision to love us, to forgive us. If Jesus made that decision to love us and die for us, we make that decision to say yes to him or not. So I believe that we are saved by what Jesus has done on the cross mm. and by saying yes. I say yes to you, Jesus, in a relationship with you and living a life for you. And then we live a life. We learn more about what is it like to live like Jesus? What is it like to live loving other people and loving myself? So I think it's we're saved, but then there's also this life that comes afterwards. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. When you're so, would that be would you be considered saved then when you're officially baptized? So like when you're really young as a baby, is that is that you know the the part where you make that commitment, and then from there on, it's you're you're living in that develop in that development stage. I can never know for yeah. sure somebody's salvation. So I can't say for sure that that baby that was baptized, you know, a few days after they're born, are they saved? Are they going to heaven? Do they have a relationship with Jesus? I don't know. Yeah. I I do believe that. Do we make some type of decision regarding Jesus? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that looks like. You know, I think it can be different for each person. I can't say, you know, a lot of people have said, like, well, what about babies who die? And they, they don't even understand who is Jesus yeah. or how he died for them. Are, are, they, are they not going to heaven? Are they, did they not have a relationship with God? Like, I don't make that call. I would like to believe that, say, a baby or a child passes away, God would say, you're going to be with me. Not like, oh, you never believed in me. How dare you get away from me? So I would like to believe that. You know, God is just. God, God, God's a genius, as a friend told me. You know, God knows what He's doing. He's, he's not. He's not. He's not dumb. He's not stupid. He knows what He's doing, and He knows what's right. He's just, and He, He, He knows what's up. And again, some people think that baptism at birth is what saves you. Other people think it's a personal confession, and you don't necessarily need to be baptized. Other people think you have to have the confession. 
of Jesus as your Lord and Savior and then be baptized in order to be saved. Again, I wish I could tell you, like, yeah. for sure it's 110%. At the end of the day, you know, we're not God and you yeah. don't fully know for sure unless it's between God and I, I feel like. I can't say that person's yes or no, but I can say, like, man, at the end of the day, what do I believe? Do I believe in Jesus? Like, do I believe what he's, who he says he is and what he did for me? How yeah. do I choose to live my life? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cool. Well, th- those are my biggest questions. Now I'm, I want to turn over to you. Is, is there any questions that you have, you, you know, yourself on, on maybe, you know, Christianity or maybe not even Christianity, but um, just God in general and your personal walk? I think I have struggled and, and I continue to struggle, you know, just the simple, you know, why does God allow bad things to happen? Yeah. Again, I believe he's a good God. I believe he is just. And I may never be able to fully understand why certain things happen the way they do. The only thing I can choose to do is believe that God, you know, like it says in Romans 8.28, you know, I, I know that God works everything together for good for those who love her or call the according to his purpose and that's all I can do I have to choose whether I believe that or not and choose to believe that God is good and that he takes all this brokenness and he can make good come out of bad and Joel Olstein said another part of his book the same book he said God can fit all of these puzzle pieces together even the broken ones even the ones that are filled with hurt that he can take it and make something beautiful out of it again. I've also heard of people who take broken pieces of a pottery and they're able to reassemble them into making a beautiful new, you know, face or sculpture or work of art using what used to be just broken, useless pieces of leftover things, of smashed things, of broken things. And they take it all together and they build this beautiful new creation, a work of art. And I believe that that's what God does with us. He takes the broken puzzle pieces of our lives, stuff that we may never understand, but he he puts them together. Um, that being said, I still struggle with, like, God, how could you let this happen? How could you allow my friend of 16 years old to pass away from cancer? You know, how, how, how could you let that happen to someone who loved you, who loved others? I remember being angry at God, just furious. It's like, God, why? We were praying for him. He loved you. Why would you let him go at 16? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I may never fully but I remember realizing that my friend Tyler's not, you know, and his name was also Tyler. My friend Tyler is not in pain anymore. He's he's in heaven. He doesn't have cancer anymore. He, he doesn't walk with a limp anymore. He doesn't have to go through chemo anymore. He's dancing mm-hmm. and he's laughing and he's running with Jesus. And it's really hard to see people go through suffering here on earth. And again, we, we may never know why. And it's something I still struggle to with to this day. But I do believe that God, he can work everything together for good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um... Last few questions I want to you know to, to talk um, talk about and wrap up. Um, you know, I talked about a few questions. There's some things that that you're currently focused on and um, that you want to learn about as well. 
Absolutely. I think just realizing what does it mean that God has not given me a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Uh, that's in First Timothy 7. Mm-hmm. And just realizing God conquers fear. So he's given me not a spirit of fear, but of power. I am powerful of love. I am loved and I'm capable of loving. And self-discipline. I'm, I'm able to, to self-control. I'm able to be self-disciplined. I'm able to have discipline. What does that look like in my life, both personally and socially and professionally? And, and what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? And what, what does it mean to truly fear God? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, last question I had for you, kind of like these last few rapid fire questions. Um, uh, advice you have for others who are looking to get started in their walk with Jesus um, or are looking to further develop their relationship with Jesus. One of my friends said one of the best things you could do is, is read the book of John because it's a really great insight up to who Jesus was and to who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. Just hung out with people, went to their homes, ate with them, just talked to them, listened to them. And, you know, for people, whether they know him or not, it's, it's being willing to take a risk, maybe talking to people who do know Jesus. Maybe it's taking perhaps an even bigger risk in talking to God directly, whether out loud or in your head or writing down something or screaming at God, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I think just being able to take a risk and, and see what it's about, you know, you're not losing anything by, by learning more. And it's okay to have doubts and it's okay to have fears and it's okay to not be sure. But what do we have to lose? And we just want to learn a little bit more about something. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and then before we leave, is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, and also, where can people find you if they want to kind of follow what you've been up to or get in touch with you? Absolutely. Uh, well, if people want to, I'm, I'm pretty tight on my Facebook. <laughs> like, if I don't know someone, <laughs> I won't friend them. Uh, so I try to keep, you know, my network close in that yeah, sense. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, that's a really good question. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm pretty reserved. <laughs> if they want to get in touch and contact me, how about they? How about they? They talk to me, and then I can, and then I can put them in contact with you. That's perfect. You can screen. You can screen them. I can. See, like, I can vet. Up. I can. I can vet everyone before they come in. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get, yeah. If people want to get contact with me or chat more or talk with me, like uh, they obviously can, can go through you. Perfect. And work something out. Sounds good. Well, well, thanks so much. Um, I, seriously, I really enjoyed having you on the show and learning, um, uh, you know, just about your journey and what you've learned, and also something that we don't normally get into with a lot of people I've had is these like really challenging questions that might not just be challenging for you, but are also really challenging for me. Normally I, I make sure I can answer all the questions I ask, or at least I have an idea, but sometimes I, I don't have an idea, especially about the ones I mentioned today. So it was good to hear your, hear your opinion and your thought. Um, Thank you. 
I appreciate those questions too. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It gets, it gets you thinking. It, it adds, adds questions to your question list. <laughs> um, well, great. Would you mind closing us out in prayer to conclude? Yes. I'd love to. Thank you. Thanks. Jesus, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you so much for Tyler and just the great guy that he is. And I just thank you so much for this podcast and what he's doing. I think this is just a wonderful idea just to bring people together and talk about you and talk about real issues and talk about questions. And I think, I, and I know you're really happy with Tyler, um, not just for the things that he's doing, but just for who he is, God. You, you love Tyler. You're proud of Tyler. Um, you're well pleased with him. You've given him talents and passions and, and, and burdens for, for certain things or for certain people or for doing things in a different way. And God, you have given him desires that maybe he knows about, that maybe he has still yet to discover, but that you're using him to bless others. So I just thank you. I pray, I pray for peace on him. I pray for uh, just rejuvenation and just energy and just for, yeah, just for relaxation. Um, I know he's busy, and I pray that he can find rest in you, Father, um, and find rest in community um, with people that love him and support him. So I pray you bless his ministry. I, I pray he, he would just grow in you, Father, and I just thank you so much for his love for you and love for people. And he's just always been a great guy and a great friend and also full of joy and, and love for other people and for you. God, thank you for his journey. And I thank you that, yeah, I thank you for this chance to, to catch up with him again. Thank you, Jesus, and prayer. Amen. Thanks so much, David. Really appreciate the conversation. And I'm sure we'll be in, we'll be in touch soon. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Tyler. Absolutely. this episode with Dave LeBlanc. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. And if it's for me, I can answer them. Uh, if it's for Dave, I can definitely put you in touch. Hope that you all found some value and some enjoyment as we chatted today uh, for just about an hour. Thanks again, and I will talk to you all soon.